think it was less a wound these past few weeks, more of a nest, considering the hatchlings. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Podquisition. I am your good friend, uncle, mother, father, uh, friend that you borrow ten quid off, Jim Sterling. And I'm joined, as always, by Laura Kate. Hello. Hello. How are you, Jim? I'm fantastic. I could not be better. I could be better. I'm currently turning into a puddle of human goo because I am too hot. It is the hottest day of the year in in merry old England and my windows are closed and my fans turned off because of the microphone and my radiators are broken and they weren't turned off and I'm slowly melting. Yay! Brilliant. Yes, I've been seeing a lot of... um... A lot of people from the motherland complaining about that. Uh, in Mississippi, I mean, obviously every day's the hottest day of the fucking year, but air conditioning comes as standard in the States, so at least indoors I'm safe. It's just every time I take Bartleby out to do his business, it, it, it's a horrific nightmare. Um, but anyway, speaking of horrific nightmares, Gavin's going through a hard time as well, so everyone's a bit frazzled. Hello, Gavin. Hello. Hello. I, w- I wouldn't call it a hard time necessarily, just a little bit. A little bit brain dead today, uh, as evidenced by the fact that I just started recording in Audacity and missed the clap. Sorry, Laura. <laughs> You're going to have to edit that. <laughs> Gavin, you fucker. <laughs> We're leaving this in. We're going with this. Fuck you, Gavin. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll pull out. Oh, yeah, no, we can leave it in. Just, just, you just know, additional to, work for you know, me to do on the hottest day of the year. Fuck you, Gavin. <laughs> uh, you just want to watch me suffer. <laughs> right. Um, that's thrown me off now. Video game, Gavin. You've re- you've upended everything. You have you've upset. Yeah, sorry, I'm bra- I'm brain dead because I'm I've been listening to the same twelve second loop of music for the last five or six hours, you... trying to uh, trying to write a chorus for this song about Siri, and it's it's I'm ah. having a hard time. I was going to ask if you've been playing the slaughtering grounds. Ooh, <laughs> it's kind of the bad. same situation. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I've upset one of my older uh, developer. Uh, uh, I, I, Bodies. Friends, yes. I've upset another of my developer friends, not Digital Homicide, Cobra. Um, let's see, they don't call themselves Cobra Studio, it's Cobra Team. That's it, Cobra Team. This is a big surprise to me because you never upset developers. When does that ever happen? I know, I know. And, and Cobra, especially, you know, I've been on such good terms with them. I'm a big fan of what their commander uh, is up to when he's dealing with those no good Joes. But yeah, they're they're upset. Cobra's team actually are the studio who hit me with my channel's very first copyright takedown, uh, like sometime last year or the year before, because uh, I did a best of Steam Greenlight trailers video on their game Island Light, a game that is shit, uh, and they hit me with a copyright strike. Never said anything. They were silent, 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 uh, and then they brought another game out. It's on Steam Early Access. It's called Second Warfare, and it is shit. It's incredibly bad like they, they've got gun emplacements in sandbags and the sandbags are there just to hide the fact that there's no one in there it's just a floating gun that can't be killed uh, but they forgot to put a roof on it at least until i pointed it out then they updated it to put a roof on it but you can just look over it and just see a gun firing at nothing um the pop-in is so bad like texture pop-in and object pop-in it's the worst i've ever seen like you have to literally be in game like three feet away from things before they pop up which is helpful because there's a sniper rifle and because the pop-in is so 
you've got to be so close. Every time you look through the sniper rifle, it's a completely different world from the one outside of the rifle scope, uh, because you can't... You, you'll see enemies who are behind walls, and you don't know they're behind walls because the walls aren't rendered yet. Uh, so it's incredible. Uh, at night time, it gets really dark, and you can't see anything, and that's the thing that uh, Cobra got upset about, because they mapped the flashlight to the L key. And didn't tell anyone. And didn't even tell anyone. In There's nowhere in game, uh, at least in the original version, there's nowhere in game that tells you there's even a flashlight. So I played it, got b blind, couldn't play anything, and made fun of it. And they said that I was cheating and lying and deceiving my viewers. And they, they, they actually used that word, cheating. Uh, and then implied that, well, not implied, straight up accused that I deliberately didn't know about the flashlight. Uh, and then secretly patched in a tip page that tells you there's a flashlight into the game uh, afterwards. So I played it again uh, and turned the flashlight on and they complained I didn't use the grenade launcher so I used that. And the grenade launcher's fun because what it does is it fires a grenade that heads toward the enemy then about several feet in front of the enemy just veers off to the left and hits nothing. So I don't know why they wanted me to uh, look at that. Uh, but anyway, the game was still absolute fucking shit even with the flashlight. I actually got the game. I say got the game. The game did it itself. The game actually at one point dipped to one frame per second so, uh, as a frame rate. At that rate. point, is it a video game or has it become a PowerPoint slideshow? <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, it really is nothing but a, a slideshow at that point. It's just a nice picture. I, I say nice. The game looks like absolute dog shit. So it's, a, it's an awful picture book. Uh, and then they, they went off on one again on their forums and said, look, look, Jim Sterling uh, stole our content for uh, his trailer originally and we were told to do a takedown thing and we did that and now he's cheating and lying and so they, they're, they're so kicking I, off. I have a question for you. Did this go as they expected in that you were like, oh, I have seen the error of my ways and you quit games journalism and gave up your Patreon and now you no longer make trailers about bad games because they proved you wrong is that the outcome that uh, occurred let me, just, let me just check i'm gonna go on google just to see if they've had any impact on my career uh google i'm, I'm just gonna type in the word jim j-i-m uh oh look i'm the fourth result so there we are i'm i'm st i'm still the the fourth most famous jim in the world that's what that proves and, yep, Patreon's still there. What's that? Um, this is for the person who listens every week and hates me and is really upset at my Arkham Knight review and can't stop talking about my Patreon and how much and how he can't believe how much everyone's uh, paying what me. What did you score, Arkham Knight? At five, obviously. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I've recently had one of those people popping up on my YouTube who just on every video I do is like, why do you get so much Patreon money? It's only because the social justice warriors want to pay you. Yeah, like, I, my, mine is, um, I'm tricking people into um, paying me money for writing shite reviews and having someone else edit this podcast for me. <laughs> uh, but just for you, Adam Ross, because I know you're listening, I'm still making over 10 grand. So that's that. Ooh, uh, it but... doesn't look like Cobra Team has affected me or, or caused me to change my ways. Um, so that's... That's, see what, that's been part of my. You see, week. we're poking the fire now. Now that we've done that, they're going to get serious, Jim. Ooh. Oh shit! He might leave more than ten <gasps> comments. Oh, oh no! 
What a prick that Adam is. <laughs> anyway, that's, oh, goodness. That's just what I think of that uh, person. So, can I, can I ask, was this game made in Unity? Do you know that by any chance? Was this a Unity game? Oh, it, it absolutely was made in uh. Unity. It actually, <laughs> funnily enough, it's, on, it's in early access on Steam, but it's already as a finished product on Android. This is what Cobra Team does. They produce early access games, which, let's face it, are never going to be good. They only put it there to try and trick you into thinking that the game's going to be better in the future. Um, but it's in, it has a finished product on Android. You can get Second Warfare on Google Play, uh, and it's still fucking shit. So, yes, it is one of uh, one of those uh, Unity uh, piece together kind of It's one of those things. Unity games. Now, see, this is the bit where I do my self-promotionally tweezy thing for something I've got coming up soon. I spoke to the man... I'm actually yeah, excited about that. I spoke that. to the man from Unity, and I, got, I basically asked him, hey, things like Unit Z, what are you going to fucking do about that? And the response I got was... <laughs> Fuck it, not our problem. It's Steam's fault. That is basically what I got a thousand words well, off from him. Well, that's true. That, he, <laughs> he has a point. He I does, mean, but I was like... You know, it's like... I, if, if people go around making fucking dicks out of Play-Doh and putting them in their windows, and you're not going to write to the Play-Doh company and get no, out from that. You're going to call into the person and say, look what yeah. your son is to, putting in your window. To sum it up, it was like... My, my question was basically, hey... Unity gets a bad reputation because all of the free shitty games on Greenlight have to have the like made with Unity splash green because they did them for free. And the people who make good stuff like Pillars of Eternity who pay for Unity, they don't have that splash screen. Do you think that that flooding of Steam Greenlight is a thing that you should maybe think about your policies about how to stop that reflecting badly on your engine? And he was just like, nope, uh, it's that's... a problem. Steam fucking deal with it. Yeah, that's that's the issue here. Like, I don't. I like Unity as an engine. I actually did a video t uh, two weeks ago that was talking about how Unity is a fantastic engine, uh, it, and it has been responsible for Pillars of Eternity, for Hearthstone, uh, for the, the the Abe's Odyssey redo, the Abe New and Tasty. Uh, sorry, Old World New and Tasty. And as you say, no one knows about those. In fact, when I pointed out all those good things on my Jimquisition, a lot of comments were like, "I did not know Unity powered Pillars of Eternity yeah. or Hearthstone." Like Gavin, so, Gavin yes, said Unity... this the other week that he didn't know half the stuff made in yeah. Unity was made in Unity. So yeah, Unity doesn't. Even the game that I I, I am in was made on Unity. And you there no you go, idea. and. Yeah. They don't get credit for the good stuff, yeah. but they're only getting credit so, for the bad stuff, which it's not well, their fault, what, that, but it well, is... Well, that was my point. It's like, you can't, you know, like, you know, if someone goes and paints a picture of someone shitting on someone else's face and, like, it becomes really popular and sells loads of copies, you're not going to go get pissed off with that, the paint That is very similar you know? to an actual argument that he uses that I've included in the interview, where basically he says, should we ban paint because sometimes people paint racist and bigoted things with it? It reminds me of angry moms who email me when their iTunes link to my song is broken. <laughs> and I'm like, where did well, you buy I mean, it? His... iTunes. Have you written to iTunes? No. Okay. Um, here's the argument, though, right? If, if there was a, a brand of paint, right, that was exclusive um, uh, flesh tones, of, of every single <laughs> flesh tone... So, Unreal Engine, basically. Yeah, yeah. But there's this brand of paint. It's exclusive um, and, and some shades of, of purple, right? And it became the exclusive paint of dick pics, right? Yeah. Everyone who was drawing dick pics and putting them in their windows was using that paint and actually wrote underneath, you know, this is by, uh, I don't know, uh, what, made, what's on my made, desk? Yeah, Mysterio. Made using Mysterio it's, paint. It, 
Mysterio paint, right? Mysterio dick paint, <laughs> right? It's like, it's not the paint and company's really, fault, but do they want yeah. to maybe do something on their end to stop people, you know, to stop requiring that when people draw stuff with their purple dick paint that they say this was made using our paint? It's like, no, may- maybe yeah, you like, don't want the people who are using it exclusively to make dick art to have to write that it's using your paint. Exactly. Especially when people are using Mysterio dick paint to produce like like Mona Lisa level uh, um, paintings. You know, you've got the next fucking Salvador Dali using Mysterio dick paint to like draw beautiful abstract landscapes, all this surrealist stuff. And nowhere does he say he used Mysterio dick paint. Mysterio dick paint is only known because of the people who it's like, oh, when you draw a dick with this paint, you have to write that you used our paint. People who made a masterpiece, nah, to forget about it. Exactly. I, I love that we're 12 minutes in and we have our episode title already. <laughs> yes. In Mysterio Dick Paint. Oh, God. I can well, just yeah, feel that's that as a going, like, I'm so glad. I mean, that's, that, that's, almost, that's almost clickbait because people are going to hear that and go, oh, what, what is <laughs> the, that? The What's point, that about? Mysterio the point Dick being, Paint? I did sit down with the guy from Unity, John Riccatello, and that's coming up on The Guardian at some point this week. You'll get to hear him basically be like, oh, the fact that we have on, all these problems, it's Steam's fault and Google's fault and this company's Wait. fault and not me. This isn't... Gavin, I know what you're going to ask. This isn't the same guy who used to yes, work for EA, is it? Mm-hmm. What's he doing with He's Unity? now their CEO, I think. If you... <laughs> he probably saw all of like the really shitty con job scam artist games that are being made with Unity and thought, i got to get me some of that. He probably thought oh. that Unity was a game publisher making them uh-huh. and was like, holy shit, i got to get in on that. And then was disappointed when he accepted the job and realised that it was an engine and he's like, oh, yeah. we're, we're not producing shitty games that upset customers? Fuck. Yeah. Can, can, like, can EA give me my old job he- back? <laughs> this is the guy who's notoriously quoted as saying when somebody's in the midst of battle and they run out of ammo, that's when they're at their least price yes. sensitive. Yes. That is that guy. He's also the guy... Yeah. He's also the guy who on an E3 stage once said, um, I'm paraphrasing, I, I have a picture I made of the original, but I'm paraphrasing. Um, he said, time was when you bought a game, uh, you basically owned what you got, and that was it, that was the game. Uh, and he was using it to justify DLC uh, later. Like He was painting it as a bad thing, that once upon a time when you bought a game... You had a finished product. <laughs> uh, so, yes. He's also the guy who once said that $60 was too much for a game and we had to uh, fix that as an industry. And then when Origin came out, EA was charging $60 anyway for games. Uh, he's, he said many things. I actually was a big fan of John Riccatello in around 2006, 2007 because everything he was saying was fucking golden. Things like, you know, we, we treated Bullfrog badly. We need to respect games like Dungeon Keeper and all this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, they really respected yeah. that one. You know, games are too expensive. He's said all this wonderful stuff that sounded really pro-consumer and, and at the po- at that time EA was doing really good things the first Dead Space was coming out uh, Mirror's Edge was coming out uh, and then just under Riccatello's rule it just degenerated and he never made good mm. on any of the, the promising things R- he said. Riccatello was a very interesting man to interview because like first of all there's the subject of what he was saying where basically every problem of unity that I like posed hey what are you going to do about this he blamed on consumers Google, Steam, Valve, and developers. None of it is, val- is is Unity's problem. Unity is faultless in all of these problems that I brought up to him. Second of all, he's really good at... He's clearly very well media trained. Um, 
when I sat down to interview him, I sat down and he was like, okay, who are you? And he flips through a binder and pulls out a piece of paper that has a photograph of me on it and a load of words that I can't read because they're upside down on the other side of a table. Just puts it in front of him Jesus. and goes, okay, we can begin now. And I'm just like, that, that's pretty that is genius, a big really. I mean, that's, that's a very clever yeah, intimidation. He's really tactic. good at being a very intimidating person when he doesn't want you to ask tough questions. Like, I'd probably spend about 20 minutes just nailing him down on the perception of unity because anytime I tried to ask a tough question, he would basically respond in a very patronizing manner that was like, Oh, you've asked a stupid question. Don't you feel stupid for asking that? You're not going to ask me anything more about that topic, are you? I was like, you're very good at this, but fuck you, I'm going to get a good answer out of you. Wow. So, I'm glad I know that. Mm. I mean, I, I don't ever imagine I'll meet the man, and I do imagine if I ever did, my one question would be, how dare you? But <laughs> yeah, um, he's, it's he's good to know. He's a fascinating man to spend half an hour sat in front of. So He yeah. always struck me as, as someone who could potentially be creepy, if, like really creepy if he wanted to be. Yeah, he's he's very good at being unnerving and sort of throwing you off of your off of your mark. So, yeah, that that was John Riccitello. Look forward to hearing me ask him directly about Daisy. What a lovely yeah, man. Yeah, what a lovely man indeed. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward so to I it. I believe you played another shitty game this week, Jim. Uh, oh, yes, I Which did. I've, I've, uh, this I've played one is... this one, so I'm very excited to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm glad you did because, um, well, we chatted about a little bit about it before we recorded and I know you can back me up on something. Uh, because I played a game called The Alien Wasteland. Now, this is a first-person shooter. And this one is actually made using Unreal assets. Uh, that, that's It's common, but it's not as common as Unity, but it's still fairly common that you'll see uh, these, these sort of glorified little big planet uh, projects uh, using Unreal stuff. Now, this is an FPS, you run around, it's basically like the scavenger mode or the f certain finales in Left 4 Dead. You've got a car that's run out of gas, you've got to run around collecting gas cans, fill it up. Now, the only problem with that is uh, you've, had, you've got to collect nine gas cans to fill up the truck and win the game. Yes, that's right, the game. Uh, and the major issue is when you pick up a gas can and drop it in the truck you're still holding the gas can. <laughs> yep. And if you, press, if you press 1, which is one of the weapon uh, select keys, you can just rapid-fire toss out gas cans. And they all land in the same place and, and rotate, and they're yellow and have red on the top. And if you throw enough of them, uh, the gas can um, top lid in the middle looks like um, one of those little standy-up things in a pizza, and the yellow and red all around it makes it look like some freakish, whirling pizza. Um, but that's besides the point. Uh, every time you put a gas can in the thing, uh, aliens swarm in and you've got to fight a wave of aliens. All of them are weird little dinosaur things, and when you shoot them, the, the uh, ragdoll physics glitch, so they just stretch like to, to Cthulhu-esque proportions, and their heads twist round and round until they disappear. It's it's horrific, but funny, but terrifying. Uh, and that's, it's, you know, it's a simple setup. You know, you've got guns, you, every wave, every time you find a gas can and collect it and put it in, enemies come, you shoot them, you go look for another gas can. That's really hard to fuck up. But someone found a way. <laughs> yes, they uh, did. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. You you have to be trying. Most games would have to try really hard to be this awful. Because as I said, when you throw the gas can, uh, it's still in your hands. You can press T to drop it, 
and it just drops it right there. You can pick it up again if you want. It doesn't disappear. I think the intention was, like in Left 4 Dead, you use a guest and it disappears mm. one reason. And then after the next else. wave, you've got to go find another one somewhere. And find the, the aim of the yeah. game being to do all of the waves, obviously. Yeah. Um, but what I did, and I recorded myself doing it, once I discovered the loophole, I just did it as an experiment. Just I wonder if, if, if they actually made it work this way. I just stood behind the truck, hammered one over and over until the truck filled up with nine cans. He got in the truck, drove off, some music played, and then the credits rolled. Now, I will say in their defence, it's not nine gas cans you have to do if you glitch it that way to make it work. You have to do slightly more, because... Basically, you have to flood the back of it with enough gas cans that gas cans land in the nine positions that it wants there to be a gas can. So for me, I did have mm. to do a little more than nine. I think it was probably 10 or 20. But eventually it's like, okay, there we go. All the slots are filled. End of the game. So it's what? Yes. Five minutes at most. Yep. I mean, yeah, even if you're playing it properly, even if you're playing it as intended, it, it's that. But um, you actually, you, you were able to just respawn yeah, gas cans as well. Yeah, I just picked well, up a gas right? can, it stuck yeah. in my hand, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can just keep dropping it? Yeah, that's fine. Which is funny, because the developer responded to my video of it. Now, to, to the developer's credit, this wasn't a, a digital homicide. They've got a new game coming out, by the way. It's actually out now. I can't wait to play it. Uh, or a Cobra Team situation. They, they, they handled it fairly classily. Um, just sort of, we're doing fixes, etc., etc. Keep doing all the stuff. You know, perfectly fine. They weren't so fine, shady about offensive. their changes. They acknowledged no. they'd done them. But the developer still was a little bit... Uh, obfuscating. I don't think they um, were quite fair in their representation of the that main bug because they basically implied I had to try really hard and uh, bash random buttons okay, to make it. Someone work. sent me a link to that game before your video was up. I played it and I had the exact same problem. And I watched your video. I was like, oh, that happened for Jim as well. So I don't yeah. think you actively went out of your way to do it because I stumbled upon that as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the you know, it, it doesn't take a glitch to... Dr you press T to drop it. I mean, the developer said if he pressed T to drop it, it wouldn't have been a problem. But you press T to drop and the gas can's still there. It can be picked up at any time. So that undermines the whole scavenger hunt thing. Um, and again, the, the game zone tutorial tells you one, two, three, and four. You press those numerical keys to change weapons. So if you're holding a gas can and you press one, thinking it will bring up a pistol, you will instantly work out, as I did... Oh, that throws a gas can and keeps the gas in my hand. What happens if I press yeah. it again? Also, gas it, can, gas can, gas can, gas it can. It tells you that the aim of the game is not to complete all of the waves. The aim of the game is to get nine gas cans. So once you realise, oh, I can do two, well, why do I do the waves if I can just throw more gas cans in? Yeah, and then you you're, you reel in shock as you realise that was the that entire was the game. Entire it game. was one, one small map. Um, so yeah, I thought it was... You know, I understand developers doing uh, damage control, and I do appreciate that that developer in particular was uh, uh, not flying off the handle like others and wasn't throwing a tantrum, but it still wasn't really honest. Uh, so I would like to point damage that out. Damage control seems to be almost as part of the development process as anything else yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't do the damage, and then you won't need to do the control, really. I think you're asking uh, a bit much of indie thing. development. Do you know, it upsets me, though, when... Um, I don't obviously it's not the case in this one, but it does it upsets me a little because a lot of the rage and anger about these things gets um 
thrown towards the developers by the community, and really it's the publishers that they should be... Uh, well, uh, I mean, yeah. you, you, I, I think you, you've seen that recently with Ark yeah. of Night, and there's a lot of anger mm. going around, and people are saying, fuck Rocksteady and all this, and, well, it's probably not the developer's fault, it's probably more oh, the yeah, publisher's. Yeah, I mean, Kotaku's... Kotaku did a story today that yeah, suggests... I was Warner, just about to well, mention yeah. this. Warner Brothers knew about the issues with the PC version for months... And which kind of lends credence to what I said on Jimquisition this Monday, where I said, like, the only reason they pulled it off Steam and are doing this, you know, this good guy act is because they got caught. Mm. And they, they, they hoped first they could just try and sneak it out and not cause a stink, yeah. which is dumb, yeah. too, to assume you can do that these days. Yeah, it really is a bit ridiculous. Like, I, I know that some people are dubious when it's Kotaku having an, an unnamed source stories. But this year, Kotaku's been, like... I'm going to give them credit where it's due. They have been really spot on with their anonymous sources this year and pretty much everything they've yeah, they were... said where it's like, here's the thing, we have it from an anonymous source. They have fact-checked their source well enough that it's proven to be correct. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on this story. Wait, when when Kotaku has it going on, it has it going yeah, on. Yeah, because they have like, all the stuff you know, I've had... like um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate um, or mm-hmm. Victory, as it was called back in like January this year, they had. Stuff. Yes, but they also published a story saying Fallout 4 would have no female playable characters. And that's the <laughs> other thing. When <laughs> Kotaku's not on, Kotaku's really not yeah. on. So it, it really is swings yeah. and roundabouts. To be, to be fair I've on that one, to... they published a story saying, is Fallout 4 not going to have them based on a rumour from last year where it's like, oh, well, it proved to be set in Boston and it doesn't appear to have a spoken protagonist. Does that mean no women? Which they were, Yeah, they were kind of fanning the flames. Everyone a bit, fanned the flames on that story. Yeah. And I can understand but, why. Um, yeah, and I've had my issues with Kotaku, still do with some of the stuff they do, yeah. but, you know, when they're on point, they're generally pretty damn good. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's just knowing what I, you know, what Warner Brothers has evidenced in the past, yeah, it's this, really this not a stretch. oddly believable, yeah. Yeah, very believable. Uh, of course, we didn't uh, know about the... Uh, the whole Warner Brothers pulling Arkham Knight from um, Steam when we recorded the last episode. Yeah, that didn't happened that a couple happen of hours like, after. Yeah, that happened between recording and uploading, as these things always seem to do. Wednesday night is a perfect time for people to announce news, apparently. Apparently so. Uh, so we didn't really talk about that, but um, I know I've talked about it ad nauseum on the Jimquisition mm. and on my YouTube channel, um, but... If, if, I don't know if you folks have anything to add about but the situation. My, my general takeaway is this is the first like, truly broken game that has been released since um, Steam refunds yeah. were made mm-hmm. widely available. And I think that that is widely affecting their perspective here. Because like, my, my view on it is if they take it off Steam, that shows that it, it at least implies to consumers, we are aware there's a problem, we are seriously looking at how to fix it. And my guess is that they're hoping by pulling future sales, they're going to limit the number of people who ask for refunds now because they'll be like, oh, it's okay. They are working on it. Yeah. Well, I think um, that even them yeah. bringing up, because in their big apology notice, they linked to the refunds page and said, look, if this isn't good enough for you, you can refund it, trying to preempt it. I do that when I talk about how fat I am. That's yeah. all Warner Brothers is doing. They're pulling the old Sterling fatty boom boom move <laughs> where you, you talk about your own big tits so no one else thinks they're clever for saying it first. Yeah. You can't Jim Sterling fatty boom boom move your way out of this, Warner Brothers. <laughs> To be fair, they're they're not clever for saying it. Bat jokes are pretty much the lowest bar of fucking humour out there. It's like, True, <laughs> but you know, if I do it first, then I still win. Yeah. 
It reminds me of these guys I know who are like the most unfunny bastards. Like, hey, that's not a very nice way to talk about this me. This would and Jim. epitomize these guys' humor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these guys now, this is what they consider a joke. Like, uh, my buddy walked into a bar with, with a guitar on his back, and one of these guys turns around and goes, Oh, he's going to play a song for us, is he? Oh, and you're like, Oh, God, please that kill was- yourself, or just let me slam your face into a wall really that hard. That was a joke? <laughs> Yeah. Do they do they do this all but the time? To me, to me, like, to me, pointing out that someone is fat when they're fat is like a rung below even that. It's like not. I get. A yeah, I even, always wonder you know. when someone points it out on, um, you know, if, if in a comment on YouTube or in Jim Position, whether they're like, do they think I don't know? Like, do they think I haven't realised <laughs> and they're doing me a, a favour? Uh, so. Yeah, I often respond. I often thank them profusely for pointing it out because after years of editing myself on video, I've never noticed. So I, I, I thank them uh, from the bottom of my uh, soon-to-be-stopped heart uh, for uh, pointing that out. So that's good. I understand now. Uh, this also isn't clever. I understand now there are going to be some comments um, that do the other thing where they express deep concern uh, for not wanting to me to die uh, and stuff. And again, I'm fully aware of that. Uh, I, I, you, as a person, don't really know what steps I take in my private life to deal with, with my own health issues. So probably best not to assume. Uh, just that's a pre-warning for anyone who's thinking, who's listening to this now and saying, well, it's good that he knows he's fat, but I really should tell him it's bad for him as well because he might not know. Oh goodness! Well, you've you've mentioned on this show before that you cut out the caffeine and stuff, so it's like it shouldn't I'm surprise people to that. know, like, hey, you're yeah. aware of your own health. Woo! I've gone off that. I'm getting off that. Um, the monster energy without the caffeine as well, because because <gasps> that was worse. <laughs> so I'm off that. I'm actually I'm drinking like mainlining water. I've been doing for a while now, and um, oh, look at you. Mm. Um, yeah, I've gone back on the exercise bike and all that kind of stuff. So. I'm feeling pretty good. I, it's nice to have blood in my legs. I, I, yeah. I forgot how nice that was. So <laughs> how, to, not, pretty good. how nice it was not to have legs that are yeah. slowly dying under the lack of blood. I got um, another thing that happened. It's been quite... I didn't think I had had much to say about this week. but Actually, first, no, Gavin. Gavin, I apologise. Yes, yes. yes. I, I want to take steps to make sure you talk more and that I don't talk over you and skip over things. What do you think about oh, Arkham okay. Knight being pulled from the PC. Well, I was I was one of the lucky people, actually, who didn't really have a bad experience with it te- on a technical level. But I'm running on a, a 980, so... But that said, I mean, there were moments where you're gliding around the city and it dips to about 40, which should not really happen yeah, on yeah. a 980. I mean, that should be able to run anything and you maybe, can throw at it. Yeah, sorry. Especially... For something that runs yeah. well on console. And really, console. you shouldn't uh, need a 980 to get it to run at a decent pace anyway. No. But but I did finish mm. the game, and I, 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 I enjoyed it quite a bit. I really resented them locking off the final ending until you collect all bullshit. the Riddler trophies. All 243. So I just YouTube the ending... I YouTube the ending, and I obviously won't spoil it, but it it's pretty shit. The ending to the main story is is really good. Mm. It's great. It's one of the best moments in the series. And then the second ending and the third ending are just yeah. Like, it's eh. it's not on the way that yeah. and they, it's. I think it makes up for the. They're trying to make up for the fact that content wise, it's really not on par with the other ones. Like people have pointed out how like a lo- load of challenges are missing oh. and all this kind of stuff. Although I said I said something unfair last week too early on in the game. 
I was complaining that a lot of the um, the Riddler trophies are just sitting out in the open. But the further in I got into the game, particularly during areas that only unlock during the campaign, there are some really well well done. Yeah, Riddler there are puzzles. some. Yeah, and just, you go. but I'm still I'm confused yeah, yeah. as to why there were still a load just hanging around. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, I su- because that that started in Origins, didn't it? That that I suppose they just wanted to mm. fill up. <laughs> To be honest, in some ways, I was like, if this if this were like six years ago and I had a lot more time on my hands, I probably would have liked that. And I would have the the city itself is so beautifully built and constructed and so wonderfully like every no two buildings look the same, which is pretty incredible. And it's so detailed that if this were maybe six years ago and I had a lot of time on my hands, I would have liked Mm -hmm. collecting all of those. But. As it stands now, it just I don't have yeah. time for games that yeah. waste my also got lives. As as a public service announcement, I think it is important to point out something that was pointed out to me, and I, I think Gavin had this pointed out a few times to him too this week. A couple of podquisitions ago, Gavin may have said that the PC version of uh, of Arkham Knight was going to be definitively the best version. So Laura, you missed my Twitter rant. Two yeah, days ago. What, what you went. On the- there the oh. other day <laughs> where i went fucking spare about how being wrong isn't annoying but people delighting in you being wrong is so I fucking missed, annoying i missed that i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> you missed that i went on a fucking rampage because <laughs> i had all these fucking people going you were wrong about that i was like well I done mean, you you I, spotted I was, a mistake congratulations i'm I'm so glad your life is so meaningless that this is what delights you i assume it's allowed to delight me because i do a show with you so i'm allowed to be delight delights you and excites you you and ignites you here's why i feel it's okay for me to do this because the last two weeks in a row i have consumed disgusting foul things and you have delighted in my misery so this week i'm going to delight in yours so there you go yeah but gavin i don't know if you pointed it out on twitter or anywhere but the PC version of Arkham Knight wasn't the definitive version. I don't know if you, you don't know if you noticed that, bro. Um, um, speaking of announcements, uh, got a couple myself. I actually got a correction for Laura. Um, the, I meant to point this out like the week after uh, you mentioned this, Laura. But apparently, I didn't know this, uh, and but some people did. When you mentioned you went to the Mexican slash car wash place, and oh, you had the, the cilantro the story. Yeah, apparently yeah. cilantro um, tastes like soap to some I have, people. I have had nothing but like tweets about this for about two weeks. Then no matter how many times <laughs> I've said this on Twitter, people keep telling me. I'm like, yes, I, I worked it out. Yeah, apparently cilantro. Um, it's In England, we call it coriander. I didn't realise they were the same thing. And there is something genetic where about half of the world... If you eat cilantro slash coriander um, in its sort of like vegetable form, it just tastes like soap. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I mean, I didn't. I don't know about my spices and my herbs and my grass and my food. You know, just just put it on a plate and get it in my belly. That's all I care about. <laughs> so I didn't know about it either. But people did point it out, as you say, on mass for two weeks. Uh, so here is our official recognition <laughs> yes, that cilantro sometimes that cilantro tastes, tastes like, like soap. soap to some idiots like yeah. me. So that's that done. Um, also, other announcement, uh, I'll get this, I'll mention this, uh, just cause I'm still terrified no one's going. I may have mentioned it on here, but I'm not sure, but, it, uh, it, 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 that, that wasn't an announcement, that was just noises. Um, mid-July, 
I think it's like 17th, 17th to the 19th is the uh, Screw Attack Gaming Convention out in Frisco, Texas. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm not sure exactly what day of the event it's going to be, but I'm going to be doing the Jimquisition Live there. Uh, so that'll be something. Um, I still don't know what Jimquisition Live means. Uh, I'm having various ideas, but I probably won't know until the day of. So that'll be interesting. Uh, so that's something. Jim, 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 plugging his shit on our podcast. I've got to get out of here, Jim. This is our show. Fuck off. I've never felt more shameless. Um, yeah. Also of note, uh, in um, due to popular demand, uh, and because I know of a website that does t-shirts up to proper fatty bum bum sizes, uh, and I buy a lot of their stuff, um, I'm going to be working with Shark Robot to produce uh, Jimquisition brand t-shirts and, and merchandise and that kind of thing. So that'll be fun. They're okay with profanity, so we, we're guaranteed an I'm Jim fucking Sterling son shirt. Yeah. Gavin, again, this is him. This is this is just him promoting himself because he's not even thought of doing a, sh- a t-shirt for this show. So you know, here he is plugging away his no. stuff, well, getting himself more what, money. What not you us, should do no. is do a t-shirt for this show, but with just our two faces. <laughs> on yeah, it. no, just no reference me and to Laura, Jim. and then like a tiny Jim up in the corner being like a flag saying, "I'm here too." Well, here's the thing: they said that they're okay with profanity, but it, they don't want it to be offensive, which is. It, it, I struggle to find recognisable podquisition material uh, that fulfills... I mean, I could get someone to draw a picture of Link pissing out of his ass, but I don't know if they'll put it on a shirt. Um, but yeah, so that's that's happening. Oh, I'm working memories. With... Our first uh, episode. Ask me Why, just he's right there next to me now. Good times. Speak, speaking of fatty bum bum, though, um, do you guys like Deantward? Uh, yes. I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated I fucking by Deantward. I have yeah. no idea who They're and amazing. or what they are. Oh, really? Oh, I'm, I have, have you not seen the music video stuff. with the girl who says, I think you freaky? No, I haven't. I think you freaky and I like it a lot. Or have you heard um, Ugly Boy? That's their other big no. one. No. That, that... Uh, they're brilliant. Yeah. If you if you're listening to this and you haven't checked them out, seriously, they're this crazy duo from South Africa. Maybe this kind of like arse pop, I would call it. It's kind of very tongue in cheek, almost satirical, but not quite because they kind of mean it as well. It's really cool, really clever. And Yolandi's just unbelievable. I th- I'm a little bit in love with Yolandi, the singer. <laughs> She's mm. just yeah, so hot. Well, I will have to give them a look after the show then. Woo. Sorry, music tangent again. Yeah, uh, music tangents. Going going back to talking about Steam refunds, I did have a Steam refund story from this week that I've not done anything with, so I might as well make it a podquisition story. I decided to make a new Steam account and see how much I could abuse the refund policy. <laughs> so oh, okay. um, I made a new Steam account this week. I put £5 of credit on it, and I bought a game, refunded it, bought it, refunded it, to see if it would let me do this a few times. So I found... uh, I'll have to have a look in a second what what game it was, but it was, like, under a pound. I successfully refunded and repurchased the game four times. Steam did not care. Wow. So that's a bit of information and research that I did this week for the benefit of you listeners. Um, They apparently have things to make sure you're not spamming the system, but in two days I bought and refunded a game four times and... Steam are like, yeah, that's legitimate use. That's interesting. I we'll have to get an update if they ever do suss that. Let, let us know because yeah. I'd be interested to see because because that was one of my worries was they're going to have no human oversight and and I'd I'd be 
interested to see how long that can go unnoticed. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll keep going with this side account I have and see how many times I can do this. I'll update you next week how it's gone. But yeah, that was a thing I did this week. Anyway, what what happened news-wise? Did we have any any news this week? Um, after last week's cavalcade of shitstorms, it's been pretty quiet. I, we, I think been yeah. pretty quiet. We, we had a couple of bits. Um, if you've got an iPhone 6 Plus, it won't fit inside a Pip-Boy. People with, as they call it, ridiculously oversized phones won't be able to put their phone inside the Pip-Boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I imagine those, what do they call them, phablets? Uh, the, oh, the kind of yeah. crossbreed, sort of, like, missing link ones. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't if, imagine they'd fit. If you have a phone that your parents look at and go, my goodness, why is your phone so big? That phone's probably too big for the <laughs> Pip-Boy. If you've got one of those phones. Um, yeah. Other than that, we had the story that always happens, like, all the fucking time, where a voice actor accidentally announces a game that they weren't meant to announce. And this was Nolan North at a panel at an anime convention where someone asked him about, like, oh, what voice um, what voice roles have you got coming up in the future? And he was like, well, I know that Naughty Dog's working on The Last of Us 2, but my character kind of dies in the first one, so I'm unlikely to be on that project. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, well, we now know The Last of Us 2's coming. <laughs> and you just spoiled The Last of Us for, like, all the listeners. <laughs> Nolan, Actually, North, think... Nolan North's character, I think he dies. I think I think he plays a small role anyway. Like yeah. he's not like his, the main his character. Guy, not Troy huge. Baker. I can't remember who he played or whether he for certain died or if he got taken out of the story in some other way. He kind of makes a. Th- I remember like, his character, and he's a pretty big character. He's <laughs> not that big. A character. He's not like the main character or anything. It's 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 fine. It's Everyone, the game was out ages ago. <laughs> exactly, statute of fucking limitations. Um... Other news we Nolan had. Nolan said it. Oh, yeah, Nolan said it. It's his fault. He told everyone. Um, Rust players, apparently, every person who plays Rust has a unique special snowflake of a penis. Um, your Steam ID is unique to your Steam login, and that determines your penis in Rust. So, And they did that with um, skin colours as well, didn't they? Skin tones. Yeah. It was so all randomised. Apparently, like, that. like, penises are all unique. If you've played Rust, you have a very special, unique snowflake of a penis. That's lovely. Normally yeah. spend your time comparing oh. your, your little wobblers. <laughs> um, and then the last thing that I saw this week, nothing really happened this week. Um, Shovel Knight is getting a physical release. I like that game. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a cute game. Yeah. And I spent my week playing a bunch of AAA games that I haven't got around to playing for ages. So I spent, I rather than playing weird indie sex games, I took Gavin's advice and I spent this week playing The Witcher and Dragon Age Inquisition and Batman Arkham Knight and Bloodborne on my second playthrough. And I did that this week. So, yeah, I sometimes play AAA games. There you go, Gavin. <laughs> I vaguely know what's going on. Good stuff. I This weekend, I um, went to Mississippi Comic Con. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, didn't get recognized once. Mississippi needs a better class of geek. Furious. Oh. I got recognised in a Target the other week. How do I not get recognised at Mississippi like, Comic Con? I, I got recognised at E3. How did you not get recognised at a geek thing? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I really didn't expect it. Not, not in Mississippi, I did not really expect Jim, it. Jim, were you wearing your iconic suit? Honestly, I, I was actually looking rather different than how I normally... It was just general, casual wear, and a lot of people, when they saw the photo of me and I James I think you, Leary, need, you need to commission uh, Ubisoft to make you an iconic hat. <laughs> and that way, people will always recognise you. Well, I mean, they are the kings of iconicism. That's a word. <laughs> I did meet the man who played Clem in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
That was fun. Uh, fans will know him as the kind of uh, soggy-faced demon, uh, the, the friendly demon who had a big role in the later seasons. He was a lovely bloke. Um, t- we had t- got a photo, took a, got a signed photo for the wife, um, took a photo with him. He said, tweet me the photo. So I did that. And then a couple of days later, I got a message from him that said, I should have asked you for the autograph. Because <laughs> I guess he saw my follow account and everything. Uh, so that was funny. Um, saw Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the old uh, WWF wrestler. I say saw him because I didn't meet him because he looked really upset. Uh, he was just kind of sat at a table. No one came up to him in the entire time I saw him oh. there. He he was mostly just on his phone looking bored uh, and really haggard. Uh, so I just I, I just I I almost felt like me going up to him would compound how few people had gone up to him because I feel like no one going up to him is better than one person. It's like that thing where no one claps, but one person <laughs> clapping in an audience just accentuates how no one else gave a shit. So I I, I kind of left him to it. Um, so that was went went to see what a, a, a geek panel in Mississippi looks like. Don't go to them. That's my advice. It was very awkward and cringeworthy. Um, but it was all right. I mean, for a little, it was mo- it was mostly one big dealer's room. It was nothing but stalls mm. selling things. Um, and there was that the man who was the main character in the last Saw film uh, did a talk, and he he sounded like a <laughs> dickhead. Um, to be honest, I, I'm not saying he is a dickhead. I'm saying he sounded like one, and yeah. he had a t-sh- he had a, a button up shirt that was undone down to his you know past his nipples. <laughs> um, so that. That was fun. Oh, I remembered since last week I have played two weird, 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 weird video games. I, I played them two hours after we recorded the last episode. This is why I forgot. I thought we talked about them last week. I played two Japanese arcade ca- cabinet machines in a pub in Amsterdam. So where do I start with these games? Um, the first one, I don't know what the name of this game is, but it, it's an arcade cabinet that has a plastic full-size table. And you play as characters in various social situations who are angry and who get so angry that they bash the table until they get angry and then flip the table, causing mayhem and destruction. So perfect example. One of these, I was a bride at a wedding who was furious because the best man's speech was going on too long. So the plastic table on the arcade cabinet, I was punching and hitting it as hard as I could and the screen was filling up with an angry bride face and then I just flipped the table towards the screen and a wedding cake went flying and hit all my guests in the face. It was a fun video game. That actually does sound fun. It's a good stress reliever of a game. It's, it's a very weird thing. But no, it's just a video game with a table attached to it. Oh. Do you know what game was a, a brilliant stress reliever? What? Um, was Red Faction Guerrilla the one, the open world one, where everything in the whole world was completely destructible? Oh, you could just bash a whole building down with a sledgehammer. <laughs> that, yeah. that game was so fucking satisfying. <laughs> the the other one I played was one called The Bishy Bashy. It involved, you have four coloured buttons, and so do two other people who were playing, and you do a series of tasks by hitting the correct buttons. And the one that sticks out in my mind was you play as a character taking a series of shits. So one of your colored buttons, like you you get told these at the beginning and these buttons might be wrong, but I'm just trying to remember off my head. It's like, let's say blue is to lift the toilet lid up. Green is to uh, put the seat down. Yellow is to take your, uh, sit down and take your shit. And red is to flush. 
And, and you've got to bash them in sequence yeah, quickly. And you've yeah. got a series of toilets in a row. And like one of them might be, okay, well, the seat's up, but the lid's, lid's up as well. Um, and you ha- you've already sat down and you've got to like in the correct order, do these things by tapping the buttons to take a shit probably about 50 or 60 times faster than your opponents can. It was glorious and wonderful. Um, What's it called? Because I think that name rings a bell. Is it Bishy Bashy? Uh, it was called The Bishy Bashy. The Bishy Bashy. Sorry, give well, it proper respect. Yeah, this is the arcade one is called The Bishy Bashy. Apparently there is a, I think it's a PS1 game that shares the same name that came to America. Ah. Which is a very similar game. Um, One of the games was, hey, here's, um, you've got three buttons in front of you to take photos of the person on the left, middle or center. And you play a pervy old Japanese man taking photo, trying to take photos of underage schoolgirls in cosplay rather than taking photos of wooden blocks and logs. And you've got to do this at speed. So it's like, quick, yeah. take photos of the young underage girl quickly, quickly, quickly. It was a very <laughs> weird game. Before the cops arrive. Yeah. Oh, well that's, so, that's yeah, fun. I felt like I would have been a disappointment if I hadn't brought some weird video games with me this week and i was like yes amsterdam i'm just i admire your dedication to your your job laura because there's if i was in amsterdam (laughs) playing video games would be the last thing i'd be doing i was getting i was getting drunk (laughs) on free moves at the time so it's fine i was like well if i'm getting drunk i might as well flip some tables and take photos of underage girls it's the least i can do when i get drunk (laughs) um do we want to answer some questions while we're still here well, I imagine people have fresh questions listening to that, but uh, yes, let's let's see what the uh, the crowds have to say. Uh, we've got a question from Liam Richardson specifically for Gavin. Gavin, can mm-hmm. can I play? Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. can I pay Gavin to narrate my life in his cynical Irish role? Um, you can't. But I don't think I'm that cynical. Am I? Am I cynical? Uh, I I never considered myself a very cynical person. I I In don't fact, think I think you, I'm yeah, you're, quite the opposite. Yeah, actually, you're, actually, you're the voice of you're the voice of like um, optimism and bright happiness on this show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get days where I'm a bit like pissy on social media, but cynical, I think, is the wrong word. Well, particularly days when people remind you over and over that Emotion, you made a mistake. Emotionally so. unstable. <laughs> Emotionally unstable might be better. So you're I think not... the right amount of emotional instability to be an artist, yeah. really. Yeah. you got to have some. So you, Liam Richardson can't pay you to narrate his life? No, I'm afraid only one person gets to hear my voice all day long, and that is my girlfriend. Who, by the way, just texted me, because I was whinging about not being able to write this Witcher song, and she said, just pretend you're Taylor Swift. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, there we go, problem solved. Just it's like, Siri Cop, Elder Blood, just, she used to have mad love. It's fine, just look out the window at someone and imagine that they are the person who just broke your heart and that you need to angrily sing about them, and that will be fine. Taylor Swift will channel through you and you will have your chorus. <laughs> Um, who else do we have Um, Stuart Sandy wants to ask what's the most broken PC game you've ever played I mean are we including ones that literally Um, don't work because there's loads of those is this just AAA or Um, let's go with what's the most broken AAA release you've played where like this is a game you would have expected that company to be like oh yeah this should work Lords of the Fallen oh that's a good one could not get past the second room 
because the game kept stuttering and I crashing. got it working okay for the most part. At but least, God, there were moments. At least you were only two rooms in. Um, for me, the example that jumps to mind is Saints Row 4, where I was about seven hours in when suddenly I hit an unpassable roadblock where it's like, oh, this mission crashes my computer to a blue screen on both of the computers I tried my save on. No matter how many times I try it, I can't get past this core story mission. Um, let's see. For me, I would say probably the PC version of Deadly Premonition, which I, is still to this day unplayable by me. Um, it came out, it, it was a mediocre port job. Uh, it, it was, you know, not of a decent resolution at all and, and didn't run too great. Uh, didn't have, like, I don't even think it had full controller support at the time. It may have done, but but either way, it didn't run very well at all. Um, I thought, when you said mediocre pork job, I was like, why is he talking about pork job? <laughs> oh, he said pork job. Is, is this going to be some metaphor for how the game was cooked a bit too That's raw? That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. Deadly Premonition was a <laughs> mediocre pork chop. Pork chop. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, I, I installed. Um, I think it was Durante who did it. He was the one who also did the uh, the, the patch for the infamously awful uh, Dark Souls, the original Prepare to Die edition. That guy deserves oh, God, all yes. of our money. He 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 fixes all the yeah. broken things. Um, but he did a, a a fix for Deadly Premonition, which I installed, and the game ran much better. Looked really nice. Had a good resolution. Played that for a while. I was doing a gameplay video series of it uh, at the time, um, and then an official patch from Rising Star came out that broke Durante's patch. Um, and in order to play it, you had to uninstall that, you know, the, 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 the unofficial patch. I did that, but still couldn't get the game to run, and even after multiple attempts at deleting and reinstalling, something's wrong. I don't know what it is, <laughs> I've long given up trying to work it out, oh. but it, it, I should point out that it's, this issue seems very unique to me, um, but whatever it is, I cannot work it out. So I, I gave up, and, and I'm just sad that it never worked out the box. Aww. Um Who else have we got questions from? Um, we've got a question from Mojo Mancer. What's your favourite biscuit, and why is the answer chocolate hobnobs? That is a good quality biscuit. Because chocolate hobnobs are a very, 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 very solid answer. Like, generally... No, I find that I find them a little bit too sugary. Oh no, actually. I that it's the perfect amount of like of dry raw oat with uh, with that sweetness. It, it works for me. Like my general go to answer when I'm asked is I default to saying custard creams, or possibly if I'm feeling really fancy, ginger nut Ooh. creams. Um, but you know, a chocolate hobnob is a pretty damn good choice of biscuit. I'm going to go with Jaffa Cakes. Those are like fucking heroin to me. Jaffa Cakes are, I find them amazing for the first like four or five. And then I stop enjoying them. Really? Yeah. Like for four, <laughs> no, I'll eat a whole for, for four or five of them, they are like the greatest thing I've ever eaten. And then I'll just have one and I'll be like, fuck, I'm out. This is, this is the one where I went too far. I'm a fan of, um, shortbread, like shortbread biscuits. They're, they'll, I'll, I'll do many things for them so if ever people need uh, erotic favors at conventions just just yeah guy who guy guy from a minute ago jim will narrate your yeah, life pretty easy bread. um yeah. and he he definitely has more cynical uh yeah. than me <laughs> and, and a lot of time on the hands yeah so yeah <laughs> 
that's that's a decent choice. Like I I grew up not really liking shortbread. It just didn't work for me. And I don't know what changed it. About two years ago, I tried some shortbread somewhere, and I was like, "This is the food of the gods. Why did I? Why was I not eating this all of the time for every um, meal?" But I I do like hobnobs um, because um, there is a little European food aisle in my local supermarché, and they don't sell a lot of stuff. But I can get Heinz baked beans. I can get Jacob's cream crackers. I can get Ribena, and they do do chocolate hobnobs. So it's it's. One of the few British foods I can conveniently get without using, you know, Amazon and waiting two weeks. Yeah. Um, I do have a fondness for pink fingers. <laughs> the ones where it's like the, the layers of pink. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, you foul, foul idiots. Um, the ones where it's like pink wafer layered with some I like, never cream liked stuff those. in multiple layers. I, they are very, oh, what's the word? They make me think about the past, uh, reminiscent, very sort of like, I very rose-tinted yeah. glasses about them. Because eating them always reminds me of being about six years old and eating them in my grandmother's house. Because they were the only biscuits that she <laughs> ever had in her biscuit tin. So just, I eat those and I'm like, yep, I'm yeah, I my grand's. I am a small When child. I was a kid... My granny never gave me her pink Yeah, when fingers. I was a kid, I never liked pink fingers inside my mouth. Um... Yeah, just, just, I was always like... Oh, you two are missing out. You two are missing out like, not liking pink like, fingers Yeah, just don't put you. those pink fingers in me, Gran. Um, I mean, I'm open to pretty much anything, oh, but, you know, um, a lady's got to give me a bit of warning before, you know, dropping a bit of stinky pinky. Like. <laughs> <laughs> pink fingers. I, I, I think that's where you took it too far. I can no longer go along um, with the joke, Gavin. You've, you've ruined yeah, not the a, joke. Not a fan of wafer biscuits at all, generally. Uh, although, for me, when it comes to the nostalgia food, and, oh God, this isn't going to sound much better in terms of double entendre, I was always a fan of party rings. Oh, pa- party rings. Um, I used to like as a child. Well, I can't believe we let the and ginger now, nuts those... one go with, with no... Uh... <laughs> Immature fucking joke. Oh, I, I, I do love a bit of din- ginger nuts. Don't yeah, I mean, I, I spill my custard creams when I see ginger nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but par- party rings are the ones for me that are too too sugary. Like they're, I can't do like a dry layer yeah. of sugar. That doesn't work God, for me. Like marzipan. Oh, oh, yeah, marzipan. Do you know, do you know what French oh. people do? This may be what? a huge generalization because I'm basing this off just one French person I knew. But she used to like <laughs> roll almonds up in marzipan and eat them. And it was, I tried one and uh, Laura, you know the way like you eat like, oh my God, we found your next challenge. <laughs> almond I, almond in marzipan. Because I like, I like almonds and I like marzipan. That's not going to be a big oh, challenge for me. I can't do me. the marzipan thing. Now, see, I, I... I have a bit of Stockholm syndrome about uh, marzipan, and this is the same reason that I like Turkish delight. So when I was growing up, I went on a camping trip with some friends once, and um, we took part in something that was run by one of our parents who had run a blindfolded food tasting challenge. And I think this is where my love of weird, bizarre, I shouldn't be this eating wasn't this a camping trip. comes from. This wasn't a, like a camping trip with friends. One of the parents was like, okay, we're going to blindfold you all and that here's a hundred foods. That Eat. sounds so dodgy. Yeah. Laura, and you need to, you need to do was... pedigree chum. 
that's what you need to do on one of the episodes. No, I, I'd rather. I did not. it. If um, I did it, you no, have to do it. The, the, the idea. Oh, well, if that goes the other way around, you've got to eat everything well, I eat. No, because eaten. you're you're the weird food eating person. <laughs> anyway, I, I, right. What happened when you were? What happened when you were indulging in horrible blindfolded as a child in eating the hundreds of foods? So. It was, we did it as like a challenge of like, okay, you get one point if you can guess mm-hmm. what you've eaten blindfolded and another point if you can oh swallow it. <laughs> so it started off with fairly nice things. And by the end, like, I remember the last thing was, um, it was, uh, it was like calamari or something. It was something with like a tentacle that you could feel like the suction cups of. I could feel like suction cups oh. on my tongue and it was disgusting. Yeah. Um, and that's where they worked up. Like they worked up to like, here's a, like a large spoonful of Tabasco Here's a tentacle. But when you're up at, like, number, like, up in the 90s, you've eaten all these disgusting things. And then a couple of nice things get thrown in to throw you off balance. And two of those things were marzipan and Turkish delight, neither of which I liked before then. But having them after Tabasco (laughs) and, like, tentacles, I was like, oh, these are the best things ever. Thank you. And I've Stockholm syndromed (laughs) myself into liking Turkish delight and marzipan. Because it's better than a Tabasco-soaked squid. That said, <laughs> that said, I mean, I'm I'm a seafood fan, and um, I'm not I'm not too squeamish about that kind of thing. Like, I'll have a a, a baby octopus. I I was about eleven, and that did not fly <laughs> with me. I was like, no, no, I'm not doing this. So I'm pretty sure that's where like my my willingness to try like. The weird, maybe it's a drug, maybe it's a mint that I found in Amsterdam, for example. It's like, ah, yeah, why not? It couldn't be worse than some things I've had mysteriously put in my mouth. <laughs> that didn't sound great. Right. Anyway, anyway. Well, do we have anything else? Oh, do we have time for a question from Stephen Rowland? Uh, let me just check the ledger. That's going to have to be a no for this week. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we've got time. We've overrun over the hour. Just, Sorry, Steve. I'll do it. Sorry. Next, yeah. next week, Stephen. Make sure week. you got a really good one. Think really hard about it for the week, and uh, we'll make sure you get top priority yeah. rollos. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes, we will. We should do self-promotion. Yes, we've stuff. got all the time in the world for that. Uh, Laura, uh, how can people hear, read, see more of you all the time? <clears throat> Woo. If you like my stuff, you can go to Laura K. Buzz on pretty much everything. So... Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on Patreon, that's what pays the bills, Laura K. Buzz on iTunes, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Um, Other than that, you can find me at some point this week on The Guardian, doing my little interview with John Riccatello, and you can find me sometimes doing reviews at Polygon and UK-type stuff at Destructoid. Woohoo! And Gavin, you have been critically acclaimed as kind of a pop star how can people find out about that uh you can come to my youtube channel just look for miracle of sound where you will find the fury road song which did really well this week it did 110k in less than a week which i was very pleased with it's fantastic it's well deserved it's a fantastic song it was worked long on so i'm glad it's doing well and uh, just come follow me on Twitter as well, Miracle of Sound as well. And sorry for not talking so much this week. I was just a little bit brain dead from a long work day. I think you actually spoke more than usual. We, really? I, I feel like Laura and I were, were better. We're trying to get better about not yeah, being awful. The times when the times when you spoke this week, you got out entire thoughts without being un- uninterrupted. So, you know, I think this is a good week for you. It might not have been the most things you've said, 
but you had the most complete yeah. coherent thoughts that were uninterrupted Baby by steps. us assholes. So, so. that's good. Yeah. We're we, we are learning to be better at it, Gavin. <laughs> As for me, uh, just, I mean, you know all about my where, where to find me. So Google for Jim. Just Jim. You'll find me quite easily. Uh, not that I'm being arrogant and, and big-headed about it, but, but I'm the fourth most notable Jim in the world. Uh, and do keep an eye on news for SGC stuff, for Jimquisition Live, and for upcoming t-shirt things. I'm working with Crystal Renee and David North initially on designs. Uh, I've already got the first one in and it's fucking amazing so i am i'm really looking mostly with david i've commissioned him because he's a fantastic artist and i've commissioned him to mostly draw sh uh, designs for shirts that i'd like to wear but no one else is making because i can't get a mysterio shirt for love nor money but now i've got a guy who's really fucking awesome at drawing so i can just make it and say well I like Mysterio so it's Jimquisition related and then I'll buy it and wear it so that's going to be fun and we're going to obviously have some some more uh, JQ themed stuff so do keep an eye out for news on that soon uh, there'll be news about my upcoming voice acting thing soon lots of exciting stuff happening in Jim World um, so that's that's that uh, other than that take it easy have a fun time and we'll all see you next week bye bye bye